Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Late Night Wrestling Pod with your host, Brandon Stowe. Welcome everybody to episode 52 of the Late Night Wrestling Pod. Tonight we have WCW Thunder from April 26, 2000. Uh, yes, that is the one where Mr. David Arquette wins the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. This is part two of our trilogy of the tragedy of World Championship Wrestling. Next week we will have the conclusion where it's the Nitro where Vince Russo wins the WCW title. And look, can I just say I jump ahead probably four or five months from this episode to next week's episode. And I am so lost with everything that's going on. But before we get too carried away with that, let's uh, go ahead and always hit me up on Twitter at late night pod 11. Hit me up on Instagram at the late night wrestling pod. Shoot me an email at late night wrestling pod at gmail.com. Wow. What a world we're in right now. So, SummerSlam is over. AEW's got Wembley Stadium in, I think, a week from now. Yeah. Because right now, as I'm recording this, it's August 20th, 2023. And, hey, so I'm a little bit ahead of the curve here, I, I get to say this time, because it is not the night before this episode drops that I am recording it. It is actually Sunday, and I might actually take my time and record this Sunday and Monday. So I'm kind of digging myself out of the hole here, and um, I'm pretty happy about that. So let's uh, go ahead and let's look at AEW's Wembley card. Let me go ahead and pull that up because I don't. There's nothing really about it that I'm like honestly too impressed with. Let me add a new. Okay. I don't... I left my phone in the other room. Give me one second. So on the pre-show, we have Aussie Open defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship against MJF and Adam Cole. Which, honestly, I think is, is kind of a neat touch, how the main eventers in the pre-show, too. I think that's kind of cool. Um, You know, um, I'm curious to see where MJF and Adam Cole are going to go, but I have a feeling I'm going to be left disappointed. I don't know. FTR. Versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Um, you know, I think it'll be a good match. But once again, they have a pay-per-view a week away from this. They have all in and then a week later all out. How, or what are they just going to do? Rematches? They've got Collision and Dynamite to build up to another $50 pay-per-view. Yeah, okay, next match is a Fatal 4-Way. Hirokita Hira Shida. Versus Tony Storm versus Soraya versus Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, Tony Storm's good. Um, Sheeta is good from what I've seen. Next match is a tag team coffin match. Darby Allen and Sting versus the Mogul Embassy. A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland. Who gives a fuck? The Golden Elite, Kenny Omega, uh, Kota Ibushi, and the Hangman Adam Page are going to take on uh, Kazuka Takashita, or Takashita, and Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White. Um, I don't understand where Bullet Club Gold falls into this whole thing, but that should be an exciting match. 
Okay, a stadium stampede match. Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and the Best Friends, and Lucha Brothers versus Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, Wheeler Yuta, and three participants to be announced. God. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Probably be a good match. CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world heavyweight title. Um, I think this will be the match of the night, hands down. And the main event, MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW world title. So this is my thought here. They're always wondering like how MJF's going to screw over um, Adam Cole or Adam Cole is going to turn heel. I think Roderick Strong is going to turn on Adam Cole and help MJF retain the world title. That's where I think the big move is going to be. Call me crazy, but I think that's where we're at with everything. And how are they going to do a pay-per-view a week later? Like, if... I don't know. Like, why wouldn't... They should have done a uh, collision in Wembley Stadium. A Saturday night uh, collision in Wembley. Or, fuck. Do a Wednesday. I know there's a time difference, but still... You know, I'd be more inclined to watch this on TV than pay $50 to have this happen in the middle of the day for another pay-per-view a week from now. Like, I, it would have made sense if one of these shows was going to be free, was going to be on HBO Max or just Max is what they call it now. But to have this shit a week apart, you know, and WWE uh, has done this a few times too, which I think is a terrible idea. But at least they have the Peacock and the WWE Network to... So, you know, kind of balance it out because nobody's fucking ordering WWE pay-per-views anymore. It's a dead model, you know, when you can watch it for free. All right, let's, um, before I get into that, I am currently reading the Todd is God by Todd Gordon. Um, really interesting book. I'm about two thirds of the way through it, so I'm not really going to review it yet, but interesting read and I highly recommend you go out and get it. Well, without that being said, let's go ahead and jump into WCW Thunder from April 26, 2000. This is that episode, part two of the tragedy of World Championship Wrestling. Well, I'll tell you what, Terry, you bring the yellow and I'll supply the red, your blood. I want out of this marriage. I'll sign these papers as soon as I shove them down your throat. Watch out from behind, It's a shot at Jeff Jarrett for the title. You want it? You got it. Sting, like the spider said to the fly. My God. Come. <laughs> he looks like a pinata from hell. It's all on the line right now. Bischoff and Arquette. No. No, no he worked out Bischoff. One, two, three. No. Jeff Jarrett will defend the world title against Diamond Dallas Page in a steel cage. Diamond Cutter, he never saw it coming.
party. And we Get brought the party, baby. Out. Check Get it out in the truck. We brought everybody a little gift. <laughs> That's David Arquette. Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff are pulling David Arquette out of the trunk of a car. Some guy that came out of Hollywood and he should have stayed there. And this wouldn't be happening to him if he minded his own business. Well, as you saw at the top of the program, they're coming right here into the arena here at Syracuse. David Arquette, Mike today, was instrumental in Diamond Dallas Page in the cage, winning the WCW title on Monday night. And I have to feel like the chosen one, Jeff Jarrett, is placing the blame. Can I just say, all shit aside, uh, David Arquette has. Uh, Playing a really good sport about this. And I think it's cool. There's a documentary on Hulu called David Arquette Will Not Die. And it's kind of his uh, trying to redeem himself from this WCW angle and independent wrestling. It's really cool. I would definitely check it out. On this man, David Arquette, for losing the world's heavyweight title. And if you think about it, it was David Arquette's victory over Eric Bischoff that even allowed the match to take place when DDP won the title. They've snatched him. No, Mr. Arquette. Mr. Cox, shall I say. It's been real busy the last few hours. He looks it. You see, Monday night, Paige, he stepped into my world, the chosen one's world. Well, tonight, I'm going to be all up in his. Paige, I'm going to continue to beat his 1-800 ass until you show your trailer park trash face out here. Now get out here. Almost as if they're holding him as a hostage. They are. Paige, I'm going to snap his neck like a damn twig. Now get out here now. Well, here comes the music. Thank goodness this is the diamond down. Stop the right there, Paige. Don't take one more damn step. Back up. Back up. I swear I'll break his freaking neck. Good. It's good to see you still got your hearing. Now, Paige, it seems to be, it seems to me that you got something that belongs to me. You ain't got shit. And I, I break his damn neck. I'll hold the mic. I dare you. Shh. Let's hear it, Pop. No, wait a minute. I'm not leaving this miserable town until it's back around my waist. The way I see it, tonight is revenge of the new blood. And there's no better way than to get it started than for it to be me and Bischoff against you and Mr. Cox in a tag match. Whoa. And most importantly, the WCW World The WCW World title is gonna be on the line. What do you say, Paige? The way I see it, you don't have a damn choice. Screw you, Jared! Screw me! Whoa! Screw me! Yeah, screw you! Oh, no, 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 no! Screw you, Paige! Take a look behind you! It's either gonna be Mr. Cox or it's gonna be your ass! I'll leave it up to you! The 
World Tag Team Champions, buffing the franchise, blocking the entranceway. Boys, come on down and let's get started. You're talking about between a rock and a hard place here. I don't want it. Oh, 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 no. oh Look at that. And behind the franchise, and the, the fight's going on. Page has got. He has stopped Kimberly from going out. Bishop. They're going for a higher road, guys. They've got Arquette with them. On Monday, she wanted a divorce, and now the confrontation takes place here on Thunder. And what a confrontation it is. Diamond oh. Dallas Page and Kimberly, nose to nose. Take him to the cleaner, sweetie. Meanwhile, Canyon has chased after David Arquette to get him away from Jared and Bischoff. He's run up to the crowd somewhere. Oh, oh no! Diamond Diver! Slammer! I can't believe it! We oh. had second thoughts! He backed away from her. He could have put her in a diamond cutter right there and he said, no, forget about it. He's gonna get out of here. Oh, no! Did you see what she did to him? What a cheap shot from Kimberly! To, uh, it's still her husband, the world's champ DDP. Only for a short period of time. I think she's made the right decision in her life. If there was ever one scene that said it all about the end of a marriage, that said it right there. And what about the challenge that was laid forth? Jeff Jarrett wants that world title back. He wants he and Bischoff to go in the ring against David Arquette and Diamond Dallas Page here on this program tonight, but Page said forget about it, and now, still at the mercy of Bischoff and Jarrett, Mike, today, is David Arquette somewhere here tonight? Tony, we know that Bischoff and Russo want to be all-powerful. As long as Diamond Dallas Page has the world's heavyweight title, they're missing a very important piece of that puzzle. We'll wait to hear what DDP has to say about the challenge. And we also wait to hear what Bret Hart has to say. An interview conducted yesterday with Scott Hudson. We'll have that interview. Why did he hit Hulk Hogan with the steel chair last Monday? Everybody's asking that question. Why did Bret Hart do that? Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's Hogan. Any, everyone should hit Hogan with the chair as far as I'm concerned. He needs it. And I'll go Sting, bother somebody else. And Sting in the wall in a table match. What kind of a mindset can Sting be in after what we saw Monday? We're gonna... All right. So a couple of thoughts here. So Jeff Jarrett obviously wants a rematch for the WCW World Heavyweight title, which I understand completely. But why would he want it to be a tag team match with him and Eric Bischoff, a non-professional wrestler, versus DDP, a professional wrestler, and David Arquette, a non-professional wrestler? And nowhere do they establish whoever scores the pinfall becomes the WCW champion. I remember I remember watching this as it happened. I think I was in seventh grade or something and like being like, what the fuck? Wouldn't it be wiser for or for Jared to be like, yeah, me and Bischoff versus DDP or just, you know, Jared versus DDP with Bischoff and Arquette at ringside? You know, you have a, a very, you know, a uncontrollable factor of two untrained guys in there. And this is for the world title. Doesn't really make sense. All right. So 
We have Mean Gene who's interviewing the cat, and he's talking about the beef he's got with Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, the next match is the cat versus Bam Bam Bigelow, and it's funny. I just saw the dark side of the a few weeks ago. I saw the dark side of the ring with Bam Bam Bigelow, and um, it was more of a biopic than anything. I think everybody was aware of the drugs with Bam Bam Bigelow, but like my problem with it is, it's like. I don't know. I like the the dark sides of the ring that kind of have a redemptive arc to it. Like even the Chris Benoit one, where uh, at the end of it, he uh, his son uh, David Benoit, I think it was David. I think his son's name is David. Meets up with um, his you know deceased stepmother's aunt, and they kind of talk it out and everything. And I thought that was you know really nice. But, no, it's just like, yeah, he did drugs, and then he died. Okay. All right, so the cat grabs the mic and asks Bam Bam for forgiveness. Says that um, he had to attack him to uh, for retaliation. Then talks some shit about Bam Bam. Bam Bam is throwing the cat around. Miss Hancock is seen at ringside, soon to be known as Stacy Keebler. Bam Bam grabs a chair, but the ref won't, uh, won't let him use it. The cat with a spin kick, one, two, three. Your winner, the cat. Wow, what a fall from Grace Bam Bam has here. The cat was good, don't get me wrong, but, like, you know, it was one move and Bam Bam was out. Like, I wouldn't have been upset with the cat winning, but it should have been a more competitive match. And you'll notice, well, I guess you won't notice, but if you go back and watch the shows, just like the um, Nitro I reviewed last week, none of the matches go more than five minutes. Most of them are under three um, longest ones like five minutes and they're all riddled with interference. All right. So Kidman and Tori Wilson pull up and, uh, they, uh, um, I don't, I, I am trying to read my notes here. Uh, Oh, Oh, so, uh, Tori and, um, Kidman pull up. Then there's more footage of David Arquette being held captive by Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. Our next match is Sean Stasiak versus Canyon. Kurt Henning comes out to do commentary. And at this time, Sean Stasiak is doing a ripoff Mr. Perfect gimmick here. And um, it's it's not very good. Uh, not much going on in the ring. Kicks, punches, hip tosses. Stasiak with a crossbody. Henning uh, punches Stasiak with brass knuckles. Canyon with a flatliner. One, two, three. Your winner is Canyon. And Mike Awesome comes out to fight uh, Canyon. Uh, Mike Awesome was so good. His power by power bombs um, Canyon through an announcer's table. DDP comes out and gives Stasiak a diamond cutter. The DDP accepts the challenge for tonight. Oh boy. DDP sets in the motion. One of the final death blows to WCW. All right, next we have Kidman coming out, and uh, he's going to cut a promo. Let's go ahead and go to that. Interesting fact, Mike Awesome is uh, cousins with Hulk Hogan. It's real simple, so you people get it. The legend is dead. 
Talking about Hogan, of course. Good. Nobody, and I mean nobody, could put Hulk Hogan out of his business until Billy Kidman came along. You know, he's right. What about Mike Awesome? I know you people appreciate that. I do. You know, interview after interview, Hogan dogged me. He buried me. He said Billy Kidman couldn't draw the flea market. I'm talking here. Shut the hell up. I wonder if Hulk Hogan knew Billy Kidman existed before this program. What courage for the man to come out wounded. Yeah, it took two men on Monday night to put Hogan through the table. Look at him standing, jeering at Kidman. Well, Hogan, who's drawn now? Because these people love me. Doesn't sound like it. They idolize me. I, Billy Kidman, am the man that they want their kids to be like. And where are you you during all this, Hulk? Your red and yellow ass is somewhere in Tampa laid up in a hospital bed. And how do I know? Because I put you there. Yeah, you and Mike Awesome. Doesn't matter. They did it. But people, don't worry. Because even though my victim tonight will not be Hulk Hogan, I'm going to issue an open challenge to anybody in the back who thinks that they can swat this flea. Billy, I can't wait to make, I mean, see you sweat. But I will love to give the kiss of death. What you did to well, hold you have it. Tori is feeling saucy. So, boys, draw straws, throw in your potatoes, do what you have to do, but somebody get the heck out here because the kid is waiting. And the, the kid, kid is ready. You're right. The kid is red hot. The kid is calling out anyone, anyone at all to come out. Today, why don't you go? You get a free smooch. What a week it has been for Hulk Hogan. And later on tonight, we'll hear that interview with Fred Hart. Wait a minute. Is that music? He says he's in the hospital. No, hold on. That's his nephew, Horace. And he comes out here and Horace. All right, so it's going to be Horace Hogan versus Billy Kidman. Um, a couple things here. So, Kidman's promo has not gotten any better in the two weeks since the Nitro that I critiqued his promo. Um, Mark Marrow being at ringside, I don't remember really too much coming of this. Um, he plays a role later on in the show tonight, but I don't remember him ever actually coming back to WCW. And somehow he has, like, dropped the whole boxer thing that he had in WWE before he left, and he's back to the wild man. Like, he looks like Little Richard again. Like, he's got the mullet and everything. Um. All right, so Kidman versus Horse Hogan. And both guys, ironically, were in the flock. They were members of Raven's cult. Uh, Horace is dominating Kidman. Kidman slams Horace um, into the steps. Kidman with a hurricanrana. Um, Kidman with the big splash. Uh, Horace uh, gets back uh, in control. Horace uh, then presses Kidman, power bombs Kidman. And I think it's funny because, like, K- 
Kidman is kind of known as like the guy that cannot be power bombed. He always reverses it with the knee thing. Eric Bischoff comes out. Horace hits Kidman with a chair, grabs a table, and then uh, Tory low blows Horace. Kidman bulldogs um, Horace through the table. One, two, three. Your winner is Billy Kidman. I guess it keeps uh, the program of Hulk Hogan and Billy Kidman going, I guess. That's something, you know. All right, so next we have Tank Abbott coming out again and doing another terrible promo. So I'm not going to play it, but um, he calls out Goldberg. Then he says he's going to kick somebody's ass. Remember that he did this to Mark Madden a few weeks ago. He chooses uh, Mark Marrow, and um, uh, they kind of fight it out at um, ringside. They go into the ring, but it's all broken up by security. So, now as I I don't really recall anything else ever coming of this. I don't recall any more appearances by Mark Marrow or anything like that. <clears throat> all right, next up we have the Wall versus Sting in a tables match. And uh, Sting is still covered in blood from Nitro, where Vampiro, it was kind of a reoccurring thing with the new blood, where they would just dump blood on somebody from the ceiling. And um, Sting is coming to Thunder two days later, still covered in blood. Uh, uh, Sting uh, drop kicks the wall, does an atomic drop. Sting um, botches a sunset flip, powerbomb but ends up slipping in his own blood or the blood on him. Here he covers and power bombs uh, the wall through the table. Your winner, Sting. This match was maybe two minutes long, including the botch, including the intro. And um, Vampiro and the wall attack Sting. And that's that, I guess. All right, up next, we will have a Vince Russo with Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell promo. Let's go ahead and play that, I guess. Here on Thunder is unbelievable. And gentlemen, Mr. Russo, I think is ready to speak. First of all, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Upstate Rochester is not a part of New York. This dump might as well be Iowa. What we're trying to say is this place just sucks. They know that they live here. And speaking of sucking, I'm just about sick and tired of hearing about the total package and god knows we've heard it for years and years and years and years but it always seems to be coming out of one person's mouth and that's his so this is real simple lex at slamboree i'll show you i'm buff and i'm the stuff <laughs> i love it a nature boy, Ric Flair. For 25 years, these people have heard every wrestling interview that you've shut off from that big mouth of yours. 
Well, this might not sound like a wrestling interview, Rick, because it's a damn suit. At Slamboree, I finally get what I've waited my entire career for. Your ass on a platter delivered to me to get your ass franchised. Do you really think that Ric Flair is going to walk into Slamboree by Western Union on the 7th of May and just take this match lying down? You've got to be kidding me. Not after everything that the franchise, Shane Douglas, has said for the past few years. You talk about personal, it's the new blood and the millionaire's club, and the franchise against Flair is one of the biggest matches in that rivalry at Western Union Slamboree. And they are on the front line of this war that we have seen since the 10th of this month. There is Team Package with Elizabeth. Not backing down, not intimidated, standing for what they believe in. Western Union slavery is going to be, well, they're going to outdo themselves from the last pay-per-view. I know they will. First of all, guys, let me just say that I anticipated this. So security, if you will, please, how about a little protection for the boys? Look at this human wall in front of Russo and Buff. Package, package, package. And the franchise. Oh, you made a mistake tonight, Russo. You're letting me talk. Woo, that's good for me and bad for you. If I can concede his place and his greatness in this sport, then Billy Kidman damn well better. Hogan is the man. Wow. He is the white-collar champion. But I'll tell you what I can do. Franchise, Bagwell, Russo, I can talk to you about legendary status between Sting, the package, woo, and the Nate Demar. That's the Millionaire's Club. Woo! Now, you like that? How about what he said about Hogan? Where he goes. Is that incredible or what? Since 1985, Sting's been going, woo, and they've been going, woo. The package has been going, yeah, and they've been going, yeah, and I've been going, woo, yeah. And they've been going, woo! You know why? Because we bled and sweat this business in 85, 86, 87, 40 days, 40 nights. War games. Blood, sweat. We parted all night. We got up the next day, got in a jet, went the next town because we were the blood of this sport. Not new blood, not old blood, the blood. We made these people love wrestling. We earned it. Amen. We earned the respect. All he wanted to do, all they wanted to do, and all I wanted to do was be the best we could be on any given night. And you know what? 
Ask these people. We were. That's why. That's why. That's why we're still here. And that drives you nuts. Russo, you're a mark. A mark for the business and a mark for Ric Flair. A mark for Luger. A mark for State. And Douglas, the last time I looked, there was only one franchise in WCW. His name was Sting, and it says, I'm the franchise. Wow. And on a brief capsule synopsis, until you wrestled Terry Von Eric at Texas Stadium, God rest his soul, in front of 50,000 people, or Bruiser Brody, Brody, God rest his soul, in the Budokan, that's Japan, until you wrestled Piper, Hogan, Sting, Bret Hart, Luger, and Tay Russell all, you can never be me. I have pissed away more money on bar tab than all three of you will ever make. Now that's a shoot right there. I was there. We all were. And I'll do it again tonight. Once again, drinks are on the house, courtesy of the nature I. What a moment. Package. Package. Stinger. Nature Boy. Hogan. The old ones. The great ones. We're here. Douglas. And Slambury. You see this? These are not spotlights. These are stars. These are stars that shine on us. If you want to touch greatness in St. Louis, if you want to touch greatness, and slavery, then Russo, let's see how big your cojones are, Daddy. The only way, the only way, the only way Douglas gets to touch greatness is if you promise me in front of the world that if me, little old me, win, lose, die, if you interfere in the match, I get you. You for five minutes at Slavery. Oh, oh, oh my. Five minutes of hell. Come on. Let's see how big they are. You know what, Rick? I guess this is the part of the show where I'm supposed to be the chicken shit heel, right? Well, I'll tell you what, Nate. Strangely decided not to censor that shit. I love your ass five minutes in the ring because when the night is over, I will own you. You see what, Rick? I'm not Wahoo. I'm not Dusty. I am Vince Russo, and it is my time. Wow. And you know why I will own you, slick dick? I will own you because I got the big apples, baby. Wow. Hold on one second. I'm sorry, Nate. I've listened to this slime ball just about enough, but I'll get to you in one second. But you, Buff, are you the same little punk right in the back seat behind Stig and I wanting to ride to the building? The same little punk wanting to roll away in bed so you save on expenses on the road? You're challenging and you're calling out six foot four, 270, 4% body fat, and slammery. Well, you got it, you little punk. But you, Russo, 
I'm so sick and tired of you. When you address the nature boy, a legendary figure in this sport, now and always will be, you put a little ton of respect in your voice, trying to come down security or no security and punch your big apple in New York team. Put down your throat right now. something. I'm real happy to see that you survived that fatal car crash known as the Lex Express. But you know what? You're really starting to piss me off, Lex. And I'll tell you why you're pissing me off. Because you know what? I'll never have a body like you, Lex. I'll never have 4% body fat. And there's probably a lot of people in here that think I'll never have a woman like Liz on my arm. But Lex, you want to talk about power? Let's talk about power. This past week, I was going through the WCW contracts, and I came across something very interesting. And that is that you don't own Liz's contract. WCW owns it. Which means I own Liz. What? Liz what? is my property. Wait a so minute. Security, if you. Treating humans like property, huh? Unfortunately, this would be something that happens a lot in professional wrestling at this time. Well, I want you to walk up that ramp, grab Liz, and bring her to me now. Oh, my. She is mine, Lex. Screw you, pal. They're going to have to forcibly take her. You know good and well. Or is going to be over my dead body? See, I told you. There's a fight going on. This thing was growing. What a moment this has been. And you knew it would end up with a fight. Oh, the player's going to go right for the franchise, and he's going to go for Russo. Here they are, guys. Russo ran. Russo ran. Russo has grabbed Elizabeth. He's got Elizabeth. And he's right. He's got Elizabeth in his arms, and he's running he with Elizabeth. Her. But he owns her. And now security's got her, and they're taking her out. He's kidnapped her. That's Russo's security. What is going on here? All right. Wow, a lot to uh, unpack there, but. So Vince Russo owns Liz, I guess. I like how, like, they made the booker, like, you know, the pretty much the owner of WCW as far as storyline goes. Because they never really say what Vince Russo's title is other than, like, creative director, which is basically just saying all the wrestling is bullshit. <laughs> okay. Up next, we have a real barn burner where Tammy with Chris Candino, it's actually Tammy versus Paisley. And, uh, I think it's safe to say neither of these were form ever formally trained. So let's go ahead and get into that match. So it should also be noted that Chris Candino is currently the cruiserweight champion at this time. And he's got a weird looking cruiserweight belt. They would eventually resort back to the old belt. But so this match sucked. <laughs> if ever they need a women's revolution, they needed it in fucking April of 2000. Uh, this is very sloppy. Um, Tammy hits a stunner at one point. Uh, Paisley with a 
a very dangerous looking DDT and gets the pinfall. One, two, three. Uh, and I should say that Paisley was there with the artist formerly known as Prince Ikea. That's all the time that that match deserves to get. We go to the back where Booker T is being interviewed by Mean Gene. Booker T discusses his matchup with Scott Steiner coming up at the pay-per-view. And Major Guns shows up and interrupts the interview for whatever reason. And we go to Booker T versus Mike Awesome. Scott Steiner comes out and does the commentary. And this matchup should have been amazing. You know, and if they would have done this on like a pay-per-view at for ECW or WWE, given these guys 20, 25 minutes, this would have been an epic matchup. But it's here on Thunder, and spoiler alert, it's going to be the match of the night. Um, awesome is Mike Awesome is so smooth. Uh, overhead suplex by Mike Awesome. He can just throw heavyweights around. It looks great. Booker T with some excellent kicks. And once again, this matchup could have been so good. The fight spills the outside. Mike Awesome with the top rope clothesline for a two count. Booker T with a uh, suplex, scissors kick. Uh, Booker T climbs to the top. Steiner hits him with the U.S. belt. And Mike Awesome hits the Awesome Bomb. One, two, three. Your winner is Mike Awesome. And the Awesome Bomb is so fucking good. Like, he picks up a guy to, like, powerbomb him at one end of the ring and fucking runs with him all the way to the other end of the ring. Really good. Um, Mike Awesome, unfortunately, would not, you know, stick around too much longer. He would come over to the WWE, but his talents would just be wasted there like they were here in WCW. So, now we have a interview with Scott Hudson. Uh, actually, Scott Hudson interviewing Brett the Hitman Hart. And he kind of interviews Brett about his um, rocky relationship with Hulk Hogan. And uh, Brett is talking about WrestleMania 9 here. And we'll just go ahead and play the clip. It deserves to be played. It's the hit, man. Brett, we now know that it was Hulk Hogan that you wiped out in Rockford on Nitro with that chair. The questions have been answered. It was Hogan. Why Hogan and why now? I think anyone that knows me knows that you know like everything that i've ever tried to accomplish everything i've ever done in the wrestling business was was to try to to be the the best there is the best there was you know to be that for real hulk hogan stopped me from beating him he ran from me he ducked me and he cost me what i wanted the most which was a win over him isn't it convenient that hulk hogan shows up as soon as i'm gone does, that, does anyone notice that? As soon as I get injured, it's like, hey, he's hurt. And he may never come back. Here comes Hulk Hogan marching back into the picture. Brett, to play devil's advocate here, there are those that say that with what happened with Hulk Hogan in the early 90s, what happened with Vince McMahon and, and Shawn Michaels a couple of years ago, that, that you're susceptible to some mind games. Do you think this is more mind games from Hogan? Do you, or do you think he really is afraid of you? Well... He must be afraid of me. You know, to have been the man in wrestling for so long. I'm not a rookie or anything. I've been around forever. I've been around maybe as long as Hulk Hogan. And if you really look at it, say, why are these two biggest names in wrestling? Why have they never fought? I love you, boss. Why has there never been a match? And I can tell you why. It certainly wasn't because I was afraid. It's because Hulk Hogan knew 
Then we came right down to technical wrestling. The one wrestler that could take everything he's got and still get up and apply that technical wrestling to beat him, because that's his weakness. I was the one guy that would have beat Hulk Hogan when he was uh, Hulkamania running wild. I would have beat him then, and I would have beat him now. I would have beat him under any circumstance that he could have created. Brett, I know this predates your arrival in World Championship Wrestling. Of course, it goes back to the early 1990s in the WWF when you feel, and rightly so, that Hulk Hogan held you back, kept you from attaining the peak of your goals in that organization. Well, they call it passing the torch. You know, sometimes you have to pass the torch whether you like it or not. Sometimes your time comes and it's, you, you, you know, Andre passed the torch back to, to Hulk Hogan. And when it came for time for uh, Hulk Hogan to uh, pass the torch to me, uh, what did he do? He, he ran off to the WCW is what he did. You know, I'm saying it sadly right here, which possibly could be the end of my reign in the WCW. I came here for Hulk Hogan. Cite for me an example of what exactly Hulk Hogan has done to hold you back in world championship wrestling since your arrival here in WCW. Basically, the guy I rely on is Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff's been a friend to me from the time he's responsible for me coming. He promised me Hulk Hogan, which was something that brought me to the WCW. And I believe Eric Bischoff when he tells me that it was all Hogan's fault. The biggest mistake I've ever made, Hulk Hogan. That Hogan derailed every idea that ever came across the table. Like, okay, we finally got Bret Hart versus Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan would scratch a line through and say it's not going to happen. Brett, we're here in your gorgeous home in calgary alberta canada in the shadow of the canadian rockies it's a it's a palace it's a show place does it feel like a prison you know i've been frustrated for for a long time in this house and you know when i you know i'll sit down and write my column and i'll start writing and i'll start it find the words to, to express what i feel and i can't help but picture hulk hogan's face and it makes me stop. I thought, I have to quit writing. I got to go clear my head. I'll go to a hockey game and everything will be great until somebody comes up and asks me how things are in the WCW. And it starts again, the whole thing. I can't find any peace. This is more personal than people have any idea. And I will make Hulk Hogan pay and pay and pay and pay. And he would be so sorry that he never had the guts to step in the ring with me and settle it like a man. And since we're, we're openly not going to be men about it, then that's fine with me. I know Bret Hart doesn't want to be forced out due to injury. You want to go out on your own terms. What are those terms as we sit here in Calgary? Well, if I could visualize my final quest in wrestling, it would be taking Hulk Hogan, putting his legs through in the sharpshooter, turning him over, and waiting for that sweet sound of him screaming out that he's had enough. That is the way I should go out. All right, so I love Bret Hart, but, uh, you know, you can, this is kind of the early bitterness seeping through here. <clears throat> All right, next up for the WCW Championship, Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff versus WCW Champion Diamond Dallas Page and David Arquette. Um, so, like I said earlier, they never established how the world title would be won. That they never said it would be whoever got the pinfall. And it kind of makes it seem like if, like, Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff win, then Jeff Jarrett becomes the champion. If DDP wins, 
or if DDP and David Arquette uh, win, then DDP stays champion. So, like, i.e., like, if Eric Bischoff pins David Arquette, then Jeff Jarrett becomes the WCW champion. That's how I would interpret this match, and I hate when singles titles are defended in tag team or six-man fucking trios matches, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Hate it. So they announced that Kimberly is the special referee. Um, DDP starts off uh, with Jeff Jarrett, David Arquette with uh, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff and David Arquette are just throwing each other on the outside on the barricade. Neckbreaker and powerbomb um, to Jeff Jarrett, but Kimberly refuses to count. Um, Jeff Jarrett with the DDT and Kimberly does a fast two count. Eric Bischoff comes to the ring and DDP is uh, being double teamed by Jarrett and Bischoff. David Arquette comes limping from the back. David Arquette spears Eric Bischoff. One, two, three. Your winner and new WCW champion, David Arquette. <sighs> a few things here. Um, so I want to make note that Trash is filling the ring up as, you know, David Arquette is being announced as the new WCW champion. And why isn't Diamond Dallas Page pissed off about this? He's lost his world title and to a fucking actor and to somebody on his team. Why, why wouldn't they, you know, he's all like giving him the bell, raising his arm and shit like that. Wouldn't diamond Dallas page DDP be pissed off? Like, you know, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but you think it end with DDP giving Arquette a diamond cutter, but it doesn't. So this all leads to a triple cage match, the kind of cage that was used in Ready to Rumble, where it's a triple threat match, David Arquette versus Diamond Dallas Page versus Jeff Jarrett, with David Arquette defending the WCW Championship. And in this matchup, at the very end of it, David Arquette turns on DDP, joins New Blood, and Jeff Jarrett wins the WCW Championship. That was a swerve that I was not expecting, so kudos, Vince Russo. Um, yeah. So I put this as part two of the tragedy of World Championship Wrestling. And next week will be the final installation, uh, part three, where Vince Russo wins the WCW Championship. And I know what everybody's thinking is, why not do Bash to the Beach 2000 as part three? I would consider that like, you know, like one of the fucking, you know, nails in WCW's coffin, but I don't want to shit on Booker T's title reign. Um, yeah, his title, like he held the title four times in WCW in three months. The world title was just constantly changing hands there, but you know, it did kind of, um, bring Booker T up to the main event and, like, yes, he would be kind of an upper mid-carder in WWE until he becomes King Booker and wins the world title again. So, out of respect for Booker T, I was not doing that as part three. Part three will be Vince Russo winning the WCW Championship. And at that point, I assume that is, well, I know that's pretty much just over for WCW. They would have a mere five months left. And I think that Vince Russo... uh and Eric Bischoff would be gone shortly after that. I can't really think off the top of my head when Vince, when Eric Bischoff left. But, you know, who knows? Uh, he may have stayed on to the end, and I think Vince Russo left early. But I don't know. So, like I said earlier, the match of the night has to be Booker T and Mike Awesome. 
It could have been a way, way better matchup, but, you know, it was on Thunder. It was in the Vince Russo era, and it was like three minutes long and filled with outside interference. So that was that. <clears throat> One thing I will, however, give Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff credit here, though, is that WCW Thunder always felt like a B-show, and at this point in time, it felt like wrestling I had to watch in order to keep up with what was going on. I think this was the only time the world title changed hands on a Thunder. I think. You know, don't don't put a gun to my head there. But actually, you know what? Let me just check real fast, and I will get right back to it. Okay, so on the same Thunder, uh, Kevin Commissioner Kevin Nash at the time uh, stripped Sid Vicious of the world title, um, awarded it to himself, and lost it later that night to Sid Vicious. So I guess there was three different title changes on that Thunder. And then just about six months or eight months later, uh, Kevin Nash would win it again, this time in a uh, triple threat match against, well, who was it against? Fuck. Uh, Either way, Kevin Nash would win the title again. And... Would just give the uh, would ugh. Kevin Nash would win the WCW championship on May 23rd, 2000, so not too far off from here. Uh, and um, give the title to Ric Flair that following Monday, and Ric Flair would lose the title that Monday to Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah, okay, so that is part two of the tragedy that it was world championship wrestling next week we have vince russo winning the wcw championship closing out the trilogy and the tragedy of world championship wrestling so after that i thought about what i wanted to do and to kind of get off of this like gloomy gloomy shit so i decided that i was going to not do a rebirth but a rehash kind of i was going to do ecw's one night stand from 2005 by that point, ECW had been dead for a few years, and it was brought back for one night, and it was really special. They should have just kept it like that, but they didn't. Then I'm going to review that pay-per-view. So, as always, hit me up on Twitter at 11LateNightPod. Hit me up on Instagram at the Late Night Wrestling Pod. Shoot me an email at LateNightWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Um, always get at me. Get at me on Twitter. You guys know what to do. I will see you all next week for the WCW Nitro from September 25th, 2000, the final installment of the trilogy of the tragedy of World Championship Wrestling. It's getting late. Your ass needs to go to bed. I need to go to bed. I'll see you all next week. Peace.